listening to highlights from One Planet Podcast's interview with Dr. Farhana Sultana, co-author of Water Politics, Governance, Justice, and the Right to Water. Tell us, how has water and geography inspired your work and who you are? In terms of my work, it's largely been drawn from a lot of life experiences, but then also my very interdisciplinary background and training. So it's increasingly um, evident globally that issues around water and climate and ecological breakdown are becoming important. And as a result, I think some of my educational background and journey was inspired by witnessing what was happening around me, but uh, also in terms of thinking about how to proceed with my work. So currently, I'm a professor in the Department of Geography and the Environment at Syracuse University, but I started off initially uh, training in the geosciences and actually in climate science and then switched into geography in graduate school because I felt that I liked the earth, but I like people on the earth more and I needed to learn and understand like social systems in addition to um, you know, geological or climatic or earth system. And that, that's how I ended up pursuing a very interdisciplinary and then also an international and increasingly um, kind of critical social theory lens, as well as uh, combining a lot of scholar activism in the kind of work I do. When you think about water, it affects politics. It's not just ecology. It's also women's rights because who are the stewards of our water. And so just go into the, the very multifaceted story of water and your work in Bangladesh. I grew up in Bangladesh and I grew up surrounded by water scarcity, right? Like too much water, too little water, wrong time, wrong place, both flooding and drought as well as drinking water scarcity. Um, and it wasn't just about quantity and quality, but it was availability, timing, um, you know, spatial connections and, and all of that. So a lot of the issues that I witnessed, in addition to like climate breakdown, ecological uh, conditions, deteriorating, rising poverty, but at the same time, ongoing development interventions, globalization. So a lot of my kind of geographical um, postgraduate or rather master's and PhD level training led me to pursue a lot of issues that I wanted to better understand. So I did work for the United Nations for some time, which is great practical policy experience. But I had all these questions in terms of thinking about how do we understand water governance or what are the water justice concerns or climate justice concerns. And I really wanted to explain things in more, more nuanced and critical ways and link issues across places and across scales. So from local to global, because a lot of the issues um, required that kind of integration of spatial and temporal analyses, but then also bringing in different epistemological insights in terms of uh, figuring out how do I understand what's going on better or what are the tools I need to have at my disposal to be able to do the kind of research I want to do. So yes, a lot of the issues were around human right to water, but at the same time, issues around water scarcity and technology, uh, development-driven water infrastructure, but at the same time, looking at that intersectionality of gender and class and ethnicity in terms of who has water, who doesn't, 
who's laboring for water, how does it affect people's sense of themselves, local politics, household dynamics, but then also their sense of well-being. So I draw from my lived experience in South Asia to help inform my intellectual work, but I also try to do deep theoretical work that's complemented by the ethnographic field research, but then also an understanding of policy decisions that occur or not, and try to understand and explain more complex issues um, in more nuanced ways, because as more issues around the world are becoming more complex and people are recognizing it in that way, we need more people to be trained in interdisciplinary disciplines like geography, where we do train our students to help understand issues in more um, complex interdisciplinary ways. And I think this is where I found the most uh, meaningful and interesting um, work in terms of both research and teaching. You're talking about in Bangladesh and the region, transnational bodies of water. You're talking mm -hmm. about planning on a, a global level, or at least within that region. And it's something that we're all thinking about now, having just come out of COP26 and, and what can we all do when a lot of these decisions that are made by people that are distant from us are something that maybe in Bangladesh are handled on a day-to-day -day basis. It's also affecting uh you know the global north as well as the global south what can we do because there are projections that by 2050 36 percent of cities will experience water scarcity so the th uh, issue around water is that water is simultaneously a scalar issue right it's it's a local problem it's a global problem it's a place based but it's also um beyond place right it connects places but when you think about water it is such a fundamental basic need for all life survival, which is why we look for signs of life in terms of signs of water on other planets. But at the same time, we recognize that it is the one resource that we as human species um, cannot live without, neither can other living beings in terms of the fact that we need it for both biological reproduction, but then also day-to-day -day survival, right? So we cannot drink oil. We cannot find a substitutable resource to water. So what's happening is that a lot of the work I do may be placed in South Asia, but it has wider resonance. So I theorize, I talk about those kinds of methodological, epistemological, and policy issues. So it has relevance and resonance with other places. So what can we learn from this? What does it also help us do in terms of thinking about this, like in a scholarly way, but also in pragmatic ways? So how we frame an issue always influences the solutions we come up with. So if we recognize water is simultaneously economic, social, ecological, spiritual, cultural, you know, all of these issues, we need to recognize that it influences very different aspects of our lives, whether it's um, household domestic labor, food production, childcare and care work, but then also industrial production or geopolitics, right? There's something very basic and fundamental about water and how we structure our cities, how we negotiate with, you know, over Transboundary River with a neighboring um, nation state. So there are a lot of ways water comes to inf influence our lives uh, beyond even the way we think about it. So one of the ways that I try to encourage my work or encourage thinking around this, uh, especially with my students, is to not only think about water as an economic issue or as a technical issue, right? Because how you frame the issue, again, will 
influence how you offer up solutions or how you limit or expand your capacity or capaciousness to think wider in more comprehensive and rich ways. So if we want to be more integrative and inclusive in planning for water scarce futures, we need to therefore be able to theorize and plan for these water justice, water injustice issues beyond economistic and technocratic solutions. So there is a place for all of that, but it's not only that. And it's the same that we're seeing currently in the climate justice conversations, especially having just come out of COP26, where there was a lot of conversation around climate justice. And one of the things that I always highlight is that climate justice is water justice, right? Climate is essentially about water. Again, too little too much, wrong place, wrong time, all of that. And then obviously there's a human intervention um, element to water in terms of how we control, manage, price water, how we view it, our kind of worldview around water. So when we want to think about potential futures or rather realistic futures where there's going to be uh, more concerns and crises around water. I think we really need to also recognize that a lot of it is man-made problems in terms of infrastructure, bad planning, policy, operation and management. So some of that you can alleviate or intervene in. Other issues are difficult or require much more substantial intervention that could be uh, renegotiating water treaties between nation states, right, transboundary rivers, but it could also be transnational aquifers or um, other surface water bodies, uh, both groundwater and surface water bodies. But at the same time, thinking about the fact that a lot of it is beyond individual place-based control or negotiating capacity, because when you have disrupted climate, you do have disrupted hydrological systems, which means disrupted hydrosocial systems in terms of our capacity and our need to therefore reorganize, to adapt, and to be flexible. So that flexibility requires a certain amount of accountability, right? That constant loopback mechanism to, to think, to observe, to practice, and then to rethink, right? It has to have this reinforcement where there's that um, responsiveness in terms of how do we think about solutions. So one of the things that came up with the, at the COP regarding climate justice is recognizing that, you know, some of the issues around are about justice concerns. It's about voice. It's about who's at the table, who has a seat at the table, or rather what is the table, meaning what are the terms of the debate? hope you've enjoyed this program and listening to the highlights of this podcast. If you'd like to get involved in One Planet podcast or learn more about environmental projects, click on the subscribe button. Thank you for listening. <laughs>